Each week, our staff team gathers to worship and hear a short devotional surrounding the mission, vision, and culture of our church. This week in our staff meeting Devo, Pastor Tom shared a message called, You Can't Build the Kingdom of God with the Tools of the Enemy. Let's check it out. All right, well, glad you guys are here. And I want to start off by sharing uh, one of the verses that I think comes up often as we talk about leadership. And there's a good reason it comes up a lot is Jesus really talking about um, the principles behind leadership um, as he's teaching the disciples. So Matthew 20, 25, Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. And we've shared with um, the staff before we had a chance to do that as we had our off-site retreat. Um, we were able to share that Megan and I have come together, and as we've thought about it and prayed and um, trying to sort of listen to what the Lord's saying and uh, you know, what we would discern. And we really believe that for the next 12 months, big focus, the big words that are on our mind, on our hearts, is faithful and effective. And we've shared that with you at the staff. And uh, this coming weekend, Megan's going to be sharing a message um, that is going to unpack that even more for the whole congregation. But that whole idea of faithful and effective is uh, deep in us. It's part of our ongoing conversation as we're thinking about uh, church and how we're planning things and what's coming up. And all those things. And I'll let you guys know, it's been really encouraging to hear from you as you've been outlaying us uh, plans, things that are going on with your teams, things that you're leading, different things that you're involved in. You've used the words faithful and effective as kind of like a guide stick about how to get where we need to go. So really pleased that this sort of seems to have taken root among the staff, which is super cool. But everything that we're doing, this whole idea of being faithful and effective, the mission, as we're in this series, mission, vision, culture, uh, it's all about this idea that we are on a mission. We are on a mission. There is something that God has put on this church that it, he has asked us to fulfill. There is a calling that we have. Now, that's collectively as a church. And of course, as individuals, there is a call that is on our individual lives, a role that we are to play. But there is a call that is on this church that we have been invited to play a part in. So I want to just sort of throw in the idea of what does it mean to build the kingdom of God? It's very easy to say, you know, we're here, we're called to build the kingdom of God. I mean, of course, it means that there is a good, godly ambition. We talked about this a few weeks ago, this idea of, you know, it's, ambition is good as long as it's sourced in God and it's sourced in wanting to see others impacted. It's not about selfish gain, which is, of course, something that Paul speaks against directly. But this idea of having a good, godly ambition, a part of that is building the kingdom of God, is having this godly ambition, is to have a big vision from the Lord that he's given to the church. And this is both personal and in ministry. And as we're talking about uh, mission, vision, culture over the next few weeks, it's important that all believers catch, whether they're part of our church or part of a different church, that all believers are called and invited by the Lord to be a part of the mission. No one is invited by Jesus just to be an observer of others on the mission. We are all invited and called to be a part of the mission with him. There's one king, one kingdom, and he's leading his people on this mission. So hopefully each and every believer is comfortable that they are including in the mission, not just observers. But a phrase I wanted to share with you is uh, something that I hope will be helpful. Hopefully there'll be times where this will come up and maybe in the back of your mind, this will ring as you're sort of leading teams, diligently building the kingdom, diligently trying to fulfill the mission. And the phrase is this, you can't build the kingdom of God with the tools of the enemy. You can't build the kingdom of God with the tools of the enemy. Building the kingdom, it can be tough, 
can be difficult. There's frequent distractions. There's things that cause us to forget that God's in control, that he's the king of this whole thing. And there's a temptation to start picking up the tools of the enemy. When you pick up the tools of the enemy, we can do it accidentally. You know, I mean, we're here, but we want to be over there. And we're frustrated with still being here. And so the temptation is to start picking up the tools of the enemy to get us over there because being here is frustrating. There's a discontentment that rises up and just along the way and as part of being discontent, we just start picking up some tools of the enemy to try and get us to fulfill godly kingdom purposes because it sounds good, because it sounds logical, because everyone's doing it. We can slowly start picking up the tools of the enemy, not necessarily to achieve something evil, not to have some, you know, you know, a terrible, awful thing that we're trying to achieve, but to achieve godly things, our discontentment, our dissatisfaction, our frustration can cause us to just pick up some negative things, to pick up some tools of the enemy to try and fulfill God's plan. It's incredibly easy to fall into that temptation because we are frustrated with the reality of today. We're frustrated with how it's going. We're, frust- we're angry and we're discontent. We know there's something else and it's not moving quickly enough. And the temptation to just start picking up some of the tools of the enemy is far more prevalent than perhaps we talk about. There's also a negative reason we can do this. We can start picking up tools of the enemy to cover a mistake. We can start picking up the tools of the enemy to get ahead. We can pick up the tools of the enemy because we have slipped into the temptation of having selfish ambition instead of godly ambition. We can have this unhealthy competitiveness rise up within us that can help cause us to pick up the tools of the enemy. Pride, everyone's favorite sin, Pride creeps up, and before you know it, we're picking up the tools of the enemy. We can pick up the tools of the enemy to compensate for insecurity. And all these things can lead to a temptation to start picking up the tools of the enemy, but we need to remind ourselves, and we need to have clear in our minds that you cannot build the kingdom of God with the tools of the enemy. Now, Megan and I, we worked on a construction site uh, in college, Uh, This is a true story. This is not a joke. We worked on a construction site and um, we got paid way more than we got paid working in the coffee shop. So one day a week, we did 12-hour days on the construction site. Um, Megan would strip cables to get the copper out. It was like a, I say construction, it was actually like a demo job, but she would strip these cables to get the copper out. um, And I would spend six hours in a little broom closet cutting out all the, uh, the copper pipes so that they could be sold for salvage, not salvage, whatever they did to get money, I don't know. I just cut the pipes, I don't know what they did after that. But one thing I saw on the construction site is that every single tool you came across, somebody had written their name. It doesn't matter whether it was a screwdriver, it doesn't matter whether there's something expensive, it doesn't matter whether it was electrical, it doesn't matter whether it's a trash can or a bucket. The name was written on there, this is my tool. Because on a construction site, I'm sure it's real easy to just pick up someone else's tools and start using it to do your agenda. My friends, it is unbelievably easy to pick up the tools of the enemy. What are some tools of the enemy? There's a lot more than what I've got listed here, but I'll rattle off some of these. Tools of the enemy, half-truths, half-truths, or just a complete and utter downright lie, (laughs) intimidation, division, gossip, slander, accusations, assumptions, judgment disguised as discernment. 
I'm going to say that one again because the churches, they were, so this one's real prevalent. <laughs> Judgment disguised as discernment. Manipulation, control, being driven by anger, subtle put-downs, and my personal favorite, guilt. After everything I've done for you. Once we start down this path, it's real difficult to get off. Once we start picking up the enemy's tools to try and achieve, even if we're trying to achieve godly purposes, we're trying to fulfill the ambitions that the Lord has put in our minds. We're trying to achieve what God has put in front of us, but we're picking up the tools of the enemy to get there. Once we start down that track, it's real difficult. The, the obvious one to point to is lying. Once somebody gets into a habit of lying and they're habitually lying, it's real easy to quit cold turkey, to just stop and just start living in the truth. It's real difficult. It becomes so easy to bend the truth. It becomes second nature to just put a slant on things, to misrepresent it. It's unbelievable how easy this happens. Because I love you, because I care about the health of the church, if we've picked up these tools accidentally, if we've picked up these tools to overcompensate something, if we've picked up these tools because we've been driven by something unhealthy, something that's not from the Lord, it is time to be honest enough that we need to put them down. We get stuck using them because we're justifying that it's okay. That it's, you know, in, in the bigger scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, this is okay. We rationalize. Just this once. Just, just once more is all I need, and then we'll get there. Believing that everyone does this. This is just typical in churches. No one talks about it, but this is just how it needs to get done. Others do it, so why shouldn't I? We reframe things in our mind. It's not really that big of a deal. You know what? In light of everything else going on, actually, this isn't that bad. Flat out, it just becomes a habit. And it's just easier to continue using the tools of the enemy than it is to actually be honest enough and confront what's going on and start rethinking about how we are using the tools that we need to be using. And how do we know? that we're using the tools of the enemy. Well, we all know the verse from Jesus, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A slant on that and a somewhat of a, adapting the principle of that is for the, from the abundance of the heart, a leader leads. From the abundance of the heart, a leader leads. And my thought to you is to look at the fruit, not necessarily in your life, but in the lives of people around you, the people that you sow into, the people that you're committed to help lead and help uh, invest into and help them rise up to become leaders. I've shared this a number of times on Sunday mornings, but uh, this year's seed was last year's harvest. And so the idea of, you know, the fruit from your life, that is going to be the seed that you sow into others. And so to have an honest reflection of the fruit that's coming from your life, look at the fruit that's coming from those people that God has asked you to lead. If good fruit is coming from those people, it's because you have sowed good seed as a leader into their lives. The words that you've sown have been God-honoring and good and truthful. And it is in turn having a great harvest from a person. Other side of that coin, unfortunately, if we're leading the people that God has put in front of us with the tools of the enemy... Half-truths, deception, intimidation, lies, gossip. That God should not be mocked. What you reap, you will sow. That will be reflected in the lives of people that the Lord has asked us to lead. We will see that negative fruit come out of them. And so my question to you is that if you're seeing that negative fruit coming out of the people's lives around you, maybe it's not you. That's not the point of why I'm saying this. 
But it is time to start thinking, you know what? Are they gossiping because I'm gossiping? Are they dishonoring because I'm dishonoring? The answer is not always going to be yes. That's not the point of why I'm saying this. Are they critical because I'm critical? Are they negative because I'm bringing negativity? Can I not trust them because I'm not being trustworthy? Start to think about, okay, hold on. Is my negativity, are my negative traits, is me using the tools of the enemy, is it starting to play out in the team around me? Is it starting to play? And of course, we all know the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit we want in our teams. More importantly, that's the fruit we want coming out of our lives. If that is the fruit coming out of our lives, we've got a much better shot of that being the fruit that comes out of our team. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what are the from here to there? There being the God-given dream that he's put on your life, the God-given ambition, the goal, the hope that he's put on your life, the things that are in your mind, the things that you believe the Lord has spoken to you. What are those tools that we can pick up? Well, here's a few. Love covers a multitude of sins. Speak the truth in love. Endurance develops strength of character. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Perfect love casts out fear. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. Embrace your spiritual gift with humility. If someone steals your shirt, give him your coat also. Do all you can to live peaceably with all people. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your heart always fixing our eyes on the eternal. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. If we build to appease people, we'll be tempted to use the tools of the enemy. If we're building for him and him alone, then we can be confident that he will use our efforts how he sees fit. A number of weeks ago when uh, we were talking about Acts 2, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And as part of service, we were going to be inviting people to receive the baptism of the Spirit and uh, hoping that some would speak in tongues for the first time. And I said as part of the message that I have zero responsibility for what happens. Now, I say that, and it's real easy to say. It's real difficult to actually go to sleep that night and be okay that it didn't go how we wanted it to go. But that is the challenge. Lord, this is not on me. This is off my, what, how you use this is off my shoulders. My hope, my goal, my objective, what you've called me to, my responsibility is to be faithful in what you have put in front of me. And in that particular weekend, that was to teach faithfully what was said in Acts 2 and invite people to come and receive prayer. That was my responsibility. And Lord, I hope I did it in a way that was honoring to you. However, I was real happy this past Sunday because Annie Pompo, and if you don't love Annie Pompo, I don't trust you. <laughs> but Annie Pompo comes up to me and says, Pastor Tom, you know, in the sweetest way, you know, Annie, I was so intimidated when you asked me to be on that prayer team, to pray for people, to receive the baptism of the Spirit. I'd never been a part of that before. But you asked me and I thought, you know what? Why not? I'll go and do it. And wouldn't you know, I prayed with this lady and Pastor Tom, she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She started speaking in other tongues. It made me so happy. It made me so happy. And the reason I bring that up to you right now is because I am glad that it, on that morning, and of course I'm not perfect in this, you know me 
too well for me to stand up here and start pretending that i am got this all figured out. But the reason that made me so happy is that that morning I, I did. I, I was like, okay, Lord, you, you have to be in charge of this. You are, you are the Lord of this. I can't manipulate this. And unfortunately, on mornings like that when, uh, you know, you are inviting the Holy Spirit to come and you want people to speak in tongues for the first time with good motives, not selfish motives. But if we carry that burden of this is on me, next thing you know, there's manipulative techniques that preachers will use. There's weird, extra biblical stuff that preachers will say and do because we're carrying that burden. Let me repeat, not because we want anything evil, we want the Lord's will to be done. But the enemy, I'm, I'm convinced that the lie the enemy will use most often is I can help. I can help. There's a problem. I can help. Something's up. I can help. And for people in ministry, oftentimes that can be, I'm frustrated, I'm discontent, I wish it wasn't like this, there are things that I want, there's a, that I want to be further down the road in this, Lord, I wish your plans were fulfilled in this, I wish this was further along the field than it is right now. And then the enemy steps in, I can help. I got a whole toolbox of things that'll help you get there. Just do it once. Everyone does it. You think that church got where they are without doing this stuff? Oh. The temptation is far greater than I think any one of us would want to admit. But let's be confident and let's be humble enough to say, you know what, Lord, this is a temptation that will come knocking at my door and we're gonna commit together as a team to love each other, support each other so that we don't have to start dumpster diving in that toolbox to achieve what the Lord has called us to. We are gonna be faithful, we're gonna be humble and God will use this church to do great things, amen? Lord, we love you so much. We trust you. Lord, this is your church. This is your church. We love this church. We care about this church. We have hopes and we have dreams and we have plans for this church, but it is your church. It is yours and we lay it all at your feet. We, we want your will to be done in this house with this group of believers. We want your plans to unfold. So Lord, with humility, Lord, with confidence in you, we say, have your way. When temptation comes to pick up the tools of the enemy, we will have the, the confidence and we will have the wherewithal and we will have the clarity of mind to see it for what it is and we will roundly reject it and we will have our confidence in you to use the tools of the kingdom to build towards all that you have in front of this church. We pray it in Jesus' incredible name. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, we hope that you were blessed and encouraged by today's talk. If you are a leader or a ministry director here at Word of Life, there are tons of resources available on our website. Head to wordoflifeag.org, go to the menu and tap on leaders. We'll be posting new episodes of this podcast every week, so be sure to subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcasts. See you next week.